we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits, and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. universe exists within and beyond our reality. What we realize with our five senses is but a tiny fraction of all that is real. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm Joe Wegent, your guide and advocate as we remove the blinders of our everyday lives and experience together all that exists out there in the world beyond our world. Welcome to the show today, folks. We have a very special guest with us today. Gwilda Wiyaka is a shamanic practitioner. She grew up overseas and now finds her home in Colorado. She has written a number of books, including The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1. So, we're still here. Now what? Spiritual Evolution and Personal Empowerment in a New Era. In Touch with Spirit, The Shamanic Journey, Workbook 1, and Sanctuary, The Shamanic Art of Sacred Space, Workbook 2. She is an author of all these books, and she is uh, considered to be today the foremost expert on modern-day application of ancient shamanic principles. She has studied shamanism for over 40 years and has been a practitioner for 30 years and a teacher of the shamanic arts since 1996. She is the founder and director of the Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a Colorado state-certified occupational school of the shamanic arts. She has written the entire curriculum and all of the texts for the school. Gwilda is also a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine, where she provides instruction to medical doctors on the modern interface between shamanism and allopathic medicine. 
Guilda obtained most of her higher education in Switzerland. She holds a B.S. in psychology and religious studies. She obtained her certification in massage therapy from the Boulder College of Massage. Guilda has a private, long-distance shamanic practice and works with clients nationally and internationally via Skype or on telephone. An experienced inspirational speaker and a singer-songwriter with four CDs to her credit, Guilda conducts workshops and seminars throughout the world. She is also the consultant for shamanic affairs at Relmar McConnell Media Company and the host of the very popular and syndicated international radio show, The Science of Magic. Welcome to the show today, Guilda. It is really an honor to have you with us. Oh, Joe, thanks for having me. It's always fun to work with you. Oh, it's it. You know, we've we've done this twice before when I was on your show. And so uh, it's really, a, really a pleasure to have you over on our show to talk about shamanism today. We should have a good time. Oh, it's going to be fun. So as a uh, shamanic practitioner and a teacher and the author of your or the, uh, an author and the radio show host, what is the main focus of your work today? Well, you know, I actually at this point in my life, um, I really feel that we're going through a lot of changes planet wide. And I think our societies are all under stress. And my main thrust at this point is to bring leading edge information to people to give them tools to work with the changes that we're undergoing so we can find some decent options for what seem to be insurmountable problems that we've got going on out there. Oh, that absolutely. I agree with you. That's part of what I'm trying to do, too, is get people to look at things in a different light. So your activity, your, your focus of your work is bridging the, uh, the chasm of science and magic. So why is this important to today's work? Well, the scientist and, and the, the magician or the mystic are both looking for the same thing. They're both looking for truth, and they're looking to nature for it. Um, the scientists, you know, get random facts, you know, and they do these studies that we can talk about later. But anyway, the, when you get the observer effect, we don't know how accurate the studies are. And the mystics work at the quantum level. Well, until the two come together, we're really not going to know the truth out there because it's very polarized, and they have very differing opinions, and yet they're working with the same thing. And I really feel that as we get these wonderfully educated people from both fronts to come together and find common ground, that we're going to find a a deeper uh, meaning, a deeper truth to life than what we have if we're just looking at one or the other. I've had a lot of uh, uh, people who study esoteric concepts and and mysticism and, and those kinds of concepts here, but I haven't had too many scientists on the show. But that is interesting that even though they both approach the same topic from different areas, they both should arrive at the same conclusion. Uh, unfortunately, that might not be the case at every time. Well, I'm finding that as we as we compare what they're coming up with and what the mystics are coming up with, that then there's a third option, a, a deeper meaning that really kind of comes true. Um, a lot of mystics have gotten very dogmatic about what they're doing, as have the scientists. And if you bring the two together, you filter out the dogma and you're getting, a, like I said, a much deeper level of the truth. Outstanding. Well, we're going to take a break here for just a few moments, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the World Beyond the Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Weijin, and our special guest today is Gwilda Wiyaka, shamanic practitioner. Stay tuned, folks, and we'll be right back in just a minute. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Thank you. 
How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we are talking with Gwilda Wiaka this hour. Uh, she is a shamanic practitioner, and we're going to be discussing things about personal empowerment and spiritual evolution. Gwilda, uh, your show brings uh, guests on from a, a number of different teachings and various topics, and you've written about a number of these kinds of things in your latest book. How do uh, your radio show and your book uh, support spiritual evolution and personal empowerment? Well, uh, again, like I said, we're bringing together science and magic and bringing in these different viewpoints. And um, we've, we've been living in a system where we believe in our own disempowerment and we don't realize how much uh, spiritual power there is absolutely available to us if we simply process ourselves enough to stand in the center and be accurately anchored to here and now versus worried about the future or worried about the past. And very few of us are real present. But in the m moment, what we're finding is there is an access point, if we're, if we're present, to the power at the quantum level. And that's what magic has dealt with all along. And now that we're getting the quantum physicists involved, we're finding a lot of agreement. And so we're finding that if we can use you know, a lot of the magical practices, in other words, ritual that helps you access the quantum level, that's what it's all about, and at the same time, honor the scientific principles that we can really come up with solutions to problems that don't have any other answer. So from our old reality, it's hopeless, but we can create a new reality where it's just a thought away, the solution to some problems that right now seem very overwhelming. On another note, magic has been described as the, uh, the use of matter or the, the use of power to direct matter according to will. Now, is science also going along uh, parallel to that front, or is science merely discovering how magic works? Um, science is really, at this point, discovering how magic works. Because let's go back to the way I brought up before, the observer effect. 
And the scientists have finally decided there is such a thing as the observer effect. And the observer effect is that the opinions or the ex expectations of the observer can affect outcome of experimentation. Well, that just makes all experimentation pretty much defunct, doesn't it? Yes. You know, and and we're, we're standing back trying to be neutral, but even our neutrality affects outcome. And so the um, mag magicians are working at how to use that observer effect, if you will, to affect outcome that you choose to engage your will and to be uh, very conscious about what you're willing in order to use that observer effect to create an outcome, which is basically manifestation. So through these rituals, we're affecting matter at the quantum level. And that's where that's the soup before things become physical. And science is studying them after they're already physical, but unwittingly have been affected what becomes physical with their expectation. You know, I read last summer about uh, quantum physicists have now uh, talked about that very thing, the observer effect, and they refer to that as quantum Bayesianism. <laughs> and they never actually applied it to the use of magic or to the use of uh, – using energy and matter together like that. And I think that's a, a very uh, astute bridging of concepts that you've done there is to, to apply that observer effect to the observation of uh, magical principles. Well, you know, for whatever reason, that's kind of been my job. And that's why I actually started the Science of Magic radio show is because I work, like you, you said in my bio, I'm um, a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine. And so what I do there is I teach doctors about the interface between shamanism and medicine. Um, and there's, you know, one, one shamanic form is medical intuitive. And that's a beautiful bridge because I can you, using shamanism, you can look into the physical body and see what's going on there. And the docs can use that with, uh, along with their MRIs and CAT scans and everything else. And they find that I'm, you know, 99.9% .9 accurate when they back it up with a CAT scan. So this has been around since forever. We've been doing these kind of healings since forever, but we never put it into a scientific framework. And that's one of the, the points I was making about why if they come together, you know, I'm a heck of a lot cheaper than a CAT scan and a lot less invasive. But we have to have good training for our magical people, and magic has gotten very dogmatic over the years. So along those lines, how do you define shamanism? Well, now, this is my definition. You know, there's as many shamanic practices as there are uh, nationalities on the planet. Sure. But this is, kind of, this is kind of where I've gotten to it in my 40 years of working with it. So shamanism is an organized set of rituals that helps a practitioner focus their ability to manage matter at the quantum level. And over the years, people have just started to worship, if you will, or uh, the, the rituals themselves and miss the point that they're just a vehicle to get to the, what we are is our birthright. And that's our ability to be co-creators of our reality. Outstanding. So how do you see shamanism uh, taking a part of the evolutionary process? Well, We've been a long time in what I call the long dark. In other words, uh, the planet's been moving through, or the, the solar system has been moving through a slower-moving, dimmer part of the galaxy. And now we're moving into well, an area that has much more luminosity and brightness. And this is backed by a lot of scientific studies where they're recognizing that the sun's moving into this higher frequency, the frequencies affecting the, the heliosphere of the sun, which, of course, then affects all the planets. And all the planets are heating up. It's not just the Earth. Yeah, you know, yeah, we have global warming, but all the planets in the solar system are heating up as a result of this. Well, what this is doing is, is providing more light, more luminosity for our chakric systems, which is enlightening. But the problem is we've lived for so many generations without that light that we have to basically wake up our junk DNA to access the light to use it. And shamanism, um, through the shamanic healing, we can reconnect with our ability to channel different frequencies. That's what a shaman is, is a frequency master. So what we do if we do soul retrieval or spiritual healing is we help a person reconnect with their natural ability to, to have a wider bandwidth, to work with a wider bandwidth of light. And that is enlightening and it's also empowering. That is really fascinating the way you explain that because as a Reiki practitioner, um, I also deal with frequencies of energy and using those frequencies and using that energy to find and alleviate not only physical but emotional issues as well. So along the lines of shamanism and bringing in new light and, and elevating our chakra systems, 
will everyone evolve during these times or is this going to be just people who are awake to it or how, how is that going to work? Well, I believe that those of us that choose to engage will evolve. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of personal work. But those that choose not to engage may not. Um, and when they leave, if the if the frequency of the planet doesn't support the frequency that they left at, they simply won't reincarnate here. That's kind of my thought, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of beyond what I know. I've got a lot of theories, but I don't have facts on it. Precisely. So what kind of challenges and what kind of work must be done if somebody wants to basically uh, attach themselves or you know, grab onto this, this rocket of change that's coming at us and, and get into the, the uh, enlightenment bandwagon, if you will, what kind of work and what kind of challenges must they uh, commit to? Well, you know, every place that we've judged against ourselves, every place that we've uh, locked down on a belief system, every place we've disconnected from some natural behavior of ours forms a restriction and keeps you from channeling the light that resonates with that frequency. And so it's personal work. It's like, okay, so when I was young, I decided I was the one that wasn't going to get what I needed. Therefore, I shut down my ability to get what I need. So I've got to go back and look at that. And I use shamanism to do it personally in order to clear that belief system so that I can once again channel the light of that bandwidth of frequency. And we all have these damaged places. In fact, our society's conditioned us into them in order to control us. So would shadow work and child work fall into those categories as well? You bet. You bet. And, you know, EMDR, there's all sorts of forms. And like you say, Reiki, Reiki, there's all sorts of forms that reignite our ability to move the light. But when you engage in those forms, they're going to bring up all your shadows. And so you have to work with that. So what did you mean before whenever you said about uh, reclaiming our birthright? How, how does that happen and what happens when you do? Well, what I call our birthright is when we came in, when we started to incarnate, we were, you know, celestial beings and we had the right to carry all these different bad ones of frequencies. But as we incarnated on the planet at the time, there was only so many bandwidths available. And so the rest had to kind of be left behind. And that's what I call our birthright. Our birthright is to be full spectrum, spectrum beings and have the power to co-create because of that. That is awesome. So... You know, you, you mentioned earlier about reincarnating in different areas other than Earth. Um, another author, uh, Dolores Cannon, has also written extensively about that during her practice as a uh, past life regressionist hypnotherapist. Do you think we, that some of us have uh, incarnated here on Earth for like the first or second time and have been on other worlds or other dimensions, or is that something that, that will only happen during an enlightening period? Um, that's a difficult question to answer from the shamanic journeys I've done and different past life regressions I've done with other people as well as myself. There's an awful lot of evidence that this isn't the only place that we have, you know, inhabit and we might be inhabiting more than one place at the same time. It's something that I have difficulty wrapping my head around. And you have to bear in mind that a lot of the shamanic information is metaphorical. And, um, so I don't know if we're literally someplace else or if we're energetically someplace else or if we're metaphorically someplace else, but I I've seen an awful lot of evidence that says this isn't the only place that we incarnate. Is it another dimension? I, I really don't know. Whenever you're doing your work in, in shamanism and you, you're working with a client, do you have uh, spirit guides that come in and assist you in this work? Do they advise you or, or is this a, a protocol that you follow uh, for every client? Um, I have a personal spirit helpers that I work with that are part of my practice. And um, I'm very, very diligent about always working with spirit helpers because, you know, the light's only as clear as the window through which it shines. And I have my blind spots and everything else. So if I, if I, if I work with my spirit helpers, they help me not be restricted by those blind sides and bring in the accurate information for the people I'm working for. Um, sometimes they look like power animals. Sometimes they look like helping spirits. Sometimes they're the elements, but I work very, very diligently with that. And that's a part of chop wood, carry water that I haven't let go of in the practice. <laughs> So whenever you are working with someone who is a client and 
let's say they are not fully prepared to work with the higher frequencies or work with uh, their own evolutionary processes or their personal empowerment. But you feel that that's something that they probably need to start looking into in order to have a uh, complete healing. How do you go about doing that with them? Well, the first thing I do, Joe, is I'm very mindful not to have an agenda for somebody else. And I've developed this thing called um, intention and bottom line, because really our intention drives our manifestations. So if a person comes to me for a healing, one of the things I have on my website is a, a recording of telling them how to work with intention and bottom line. So our intention is what we personally want to achieve. Our bottom line is under which circumstances we want to achieve that. Um, in other words, one time I said, I, I don't care what it takes, I want to heal on all levels, got in my car and ran into a bridge. <laughs> okay. It wasn't the easiest way to do it. <laughs> it got me there, but oh my goodness, there's got to be an easier way. So in other words, I could have said, given I want to live in joy, but it's easy longevity, good health, and, you know, then maybe I wouldn't have run into a bridge. How about that? Well, we're going to come right back in a second and talk about more about shamanism and personal empowerment in just a few moments. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show with our special guest, Guelda Wiyaka. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm host Joe Wegent, and our special guest today is Gwilda Wiaka, and we are talking about shamanism and how it helps to develop a spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Gwilda, when uh, somebody is looking into... Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. Ooh, uh, shamanism for the first time. Um, what would they expect to find if they were to go out and try to find some more information about that? Well, you know, that's what's interesting is because, um, as you know, I have a, a Colorado State Certified Occupational School of Shamanic Arts, but there's no regulation on shamanism. So someone um, can go out there and take a work, uh, weekend workshop and hang up their shingle or not even take the workshop and hang up their shingle. And they wave a little bit of sage around and they call themselves shaman. And because it's not regulated, there's there's no way to tell. So you really have to do your research to see where did this person train? What do other people say about them? What results have they gotten for others? Um, you know, are they certified? If they're certified, who are they certified by? And who were their teachers taught by? You really need to look into it because, you know, all, all are not created equal. And like I said, with no regulation, you have no way of telling. However, you can go and find a doctor, and they aren't all created the same either. So somebody might they might have graduated from the same school, have this have the same degrees, everything else, but one just is more gifted than the other one. You know, so it's not really different. But you have to be, pay closer to attention because at least with a doctor, you know, they've had to pass their state boards, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I've, I've been telling people for years. Even D students get their doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You might you might not have the uh, the A student valedictorian whenever you go to your practitioner. <laughs> <laughs> so, when uh, can you describe for me the process of a uh, how soul retrieval works? Sure. Before I tell you how it works, I'm going to have to tell you what what causes the problem in the first place. Absolutely. So, so- Soul loss, uh, you never lose your soul. It's just a common term people use in the shamanic circles. But soul loss is when you've disconnected from part of your natural frequency expression, through usually through trauma. And we suffer soul loss various times throughout our life. So um, as, as we grow up, just even socialization creates what we call soul loss. You've disconnected from part of your natural expression in order to fit in. But in our culture, we never go back and revisit that sort of thing. And pretty soon, your frequency is being compromised, okay, because you've let go of this, you've let go of that. Your frequency is compromised to the point there's a, there's a, a, a level beyond which you can't maintain physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental health because your frequency is so low and you've lost so much of your natural expression. Now, a shamanic practitioner will go in and do what they call soul retrieval. 
And our job as a shamanic practitioner is to be a frequency master, and that's why we have to stay in process all the time. So I would go in and I'd say, okay, what's your intention and bottom line, like we're talking about? They say, well, I want to achieve this in my life. Well, then when I go in, what I'm shown is what's, what frequency disconnect is standing between them and what they intend to achieve. That's all I have to look at. Then I align with that frequency, bring it back for them to align with. Then they have to do the the, the um, integration. So I brought back the frequency or the spiritual aspect, the quantum level aspect. But they've still got these burnt rutways, you know, um, neurological pathways that they have knee-jerk reactions. So it's their job to stop when they come up with a choice like this and go, oh, but I've got other options now. And so that they start to embrace the new options. Because if you don't bring them into your life, you can have the frequency, but if you don't use it, it's not going to change your life. And then they have to mentally figure it out. They have to emotionally move through whatever caused the original trauma. And then it can start to manifest physically in your life or in your physical health. That is a, uh, a very unique way of describing that because I've seen it described a number of different ways. And I've talked to other people who practice uh, shamanism and they have used a lot of other different terms, but that for me, since I deal so much with uh, energetic work, that really resonates. And I'm, I'm hoping that that will also resonate with some of the people listening in, that it's, it's not as, um, as woo-woo as uh, sometimes people like to describe it, that it's actually scientifically and, and, and frequency-based as well. Yes, absolutely. And the, the woo-woo way of describing is simply because the shamanic journey is an interactive dream, we have metaphors that come up there, spirits of this and spirits of that and places, and it can seem very magical, but it's really what we're doing there is we're, we're going into uh, theta, brain waves, and we're having whatever's happening at the quantum level, a representation of it is being uh, painted, if you will, on the imagination. And then it's the mind's job to translate that information. Well, people get caught up in the dream. They get hooked into the dream and all the metaphors and think of them as real. And that's why it starts sounding really woo-woo. What they've missed, what they've, the part they've missed is that, no, this is just a metaphorical representation of what's going on at the quantum level. We can't grasp quantum physics with our mind because it's way too circular and our mind is very linear. But the imagination can embrace it and then the mind can decode it. And that's what the shamanic journey trance is about. That is fascinating. So can anybody just pick up shamanism and learn how to do this for themselves? Or is this a, a long and enduring process? Or how, how does somebody go about learning that for themselves? Well, yes and yes. Um, <laughs> it de depends on what level you want to work. I have met very few people that I couldn't teach to do the shamanic journey in a day. And then uh, help them learn how to decode it, how to journal it, how to make sense of it. And so they have a divinational tool in their hands. They don't have a healing tool in their hands. They have a divinational tool in their hands. If, on the other hand, if you want to work um, on behalf of someone else, I really don't think a person can be competent without, you know, my, my program's two full years. And we do vision quests, we do wilderness programs. And the reason is because the practitioner is not just learning a bunch of techniques, you are the tool. You know, if you're a doctor, you have these techniques, you have these tools, you have these instruments. But if you're a shaman, you are the tool. And it's only as effective as you are processed. And so a person, it's not just learning this dogmatic stuff, it's becoming it. So you have to clear your facility enough that you can channel the frequencies that other people have disconnected from. And that's a bunch of work and it takes time and it takes dedication. That is, that is fascinating. So along those lines then, if, if somebody is simply just doing soul retrievals or, or doing other kinds of shamanic work like that without going through that process, is, is it as effective or can they still do the same kind of job or it, are they really just kind of cheating themselves and everybody else as well? Well, again, I, I, I like to believe in the natural order. So there are people that are really just getting started as far as in their process, and they don't need me. 
Okay. Uh, I'm overkill, right? They don't need me. Um, somebody that's just getting started in soul retrieval has a wide enough bandwidth to serve them at the level that they're starting. However, they might evolve to a place where they need a different practitioner or their practitioner needs to have evolved also. And I have to say, I don't work on behalf of anyone that I'm not changed every time. So it's, it's a thing that you keep evolving in if you allow yourself. But if you hit a brick wall, if you hit a sacred cow, if there's something you don't want to look at, something you don't want to process through, well, then that puts a ceiling on your work. But there's also people that need you at whatever level you're at. But you have to have integrity and you have to not have agenda for other people. Those are really key. How much of your uh, uh, client process deals with uh, psychology before you can get to the actual work of doing your spiritual work? How, how much of that do you have to really just talk them through certain things, you know, psychology wise? Well, I try not to use, I have a degree in psychology, but I try not to use that because a lot of my students do not have. Um, I have a form that I've created. It's called pattern tracing and it's not counseling. It's simply having the person track back when was the last time you felt that way? Okay. So it starts their mental process and they go, Oh, you know what? Um, my dad used to criticize me every time I did that. And now I feel I, I just can't do it. You know, so, so they're doing their own tracking, but as far as counseling them through, um, I don't, but I do interface. So I have a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists that I interface with to do that part of, uh, the processing with a person if they need it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of it that's needed. So I'm not afraid to uh, refer out. You know, that, that's actually quite brave because I know a lot of practitioners of a number of different kinds of modalities that feel like they have to be the, the end stop. They have to be the, uh, the buck stops here of any kind of healing work and are really reluctant to uh, pass people along to other different kinds of work. But to be able to understand that uh, there are limitations to what you can do or there are certain things that people need that you can't provide and to, to pass those people along and to refer them to others I think is a very brave and a, uh, a bold step that a lot of people are just uh, – uh, they, they let their ego get in the way and won't allow them to do those kinds of things. Yes, and it's to everyone's detriment because as we were talking, there's a lot of processing required to make use of this work. Physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual processing that, to, to make use of this work. That takes energy, that takes integrity, that takes strength. If the person, the client, is so beat down, you know, like a, a lot of times, shamanism is the last stop for the desperate, but the desperate probably can't benefit real well from it until they get shorn up in the other areas first. And there's times I'll refer out before I do the work because the person just isn't in a condition to be able to, to, to do the processing necessary to take advantage of it. You do a lot of your teaching uh, through storytelling. Uh, why do you use that approach? Well, because if you just tell somebody something, it's a mono-dimensional concept. But a story has multiple dimensions, and that's why Jesus taught in parables. That's why all the shamanic um, societies pass down stories, it is because a story can, is ever-evolving. Have you ever read like a chapter out of the Tao and you go, wow, that really applied to my life. I really get that. And a year later you pick up the same thing and it's like, you get something totally different, but it's <laughs> still profound. Well, stories allow you to evolve in your understanding where if you just throw out a fact, it does not. So, you know, we're talking about all these other modalities and other different kinds of practices. Um, how similar or how anchored are they in shamanism? Uh, I really believe that shamanism is the root of a lot of our modern day practices. Um, the, you know, Reiki, it movement of energy, healing with the hands, bringing that light through, that's a shamanic skill. Now, what has become shamanism has become, like I said, it went through the long dark too, and just like religion and science became very dogmatic. And so now we're worshiping, if you will, the, the procedure and not the outcome. Mm. But... But, but shamanism works with medical intuitive, it works with um, um, 
seeing the dead, helping the dead to cross, um, you know, doing spiritual healing, bringing light through hands-on healing. Just all of those are, have a, a, a originally a shamanic basis. Shamanism is between, there's all sorts of argument about it, between 40 and 60,000 years old. And if it's lasted this long on the planet, and what else is interesting is the first thing that a conquering society will do is try to kill all the shaman of the original people because they empower the individual. That speaks to me of a powerful modality. You know, that, that's actually true because uh, conquering armies would uh, kill off all the shamans and all the priests and all the scribes and, and anything that had to do with the culture of the people they had conquered just so they would wipe out that particular culture completely. Right, and those things empowered the individual and they don't want empowered individuals that they're trying to conquer. Exactly. Well, we're going to step away for uh, one more break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about shamanism and talk about uh, your school that you have founded. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we come back from our break. Folks, you are listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. Our special guest is Gwilda Wojaka. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash XZone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. 
Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we are bringing you the very best in alternative health, paranormal, supernatural, and spirituality topics and concepts. Our show is produced and brought to you by the ever-growing leader in New Age, paranormal, alternative health, and spiritual programming, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and Relmar McConnell Media Company. At their corporate headquarters and master control in Ontario, Canada. To learn more about the world beyond your host or a wealth of other amazing radio shows and their hosts, please go to www.xzbn.net. If you wish to contact me about being a guest on the show or for more information, you can email me at Joe Wegent, that's Joe W E I G A N T at xzbn.net or visit any of my websites paranormalpeace.com and reikichoice.com Our guest this hour has been Gwilda Wiaka. She can be reached at email tsom.radio at gmail.com She can also be found on her websites if I can find them Gwilda, I'm, I'm having a hard time relocating. Here we go. Here we are. We have the websites now. GwildaWiaka.com. That is G-W-I-L-D-A-W-I-Y-A-K-A.com. TheScienceOfMagic.net. That's all one word. TheScienceOfMagic.net. And FindYourPathHome.com. All one word. FindYourPathHome.com. Gwilda, you have been running your own uh, shamanic arts school for the past several years, and you have been able to get your school certified by the Colorado State uh, Organizational School Certifications. Why were you inclined to have your school certified through the state? Well, it was an amazing thing. It's not like I woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to have a trade school, you know. Um, actually, I was uh, getting ready to hold a class called uh, Shamanism for Practitioners of the Healing Arts. And I was uh, looking to rent some space out of a massage school. And the massage school proctor or leader said, uh, do you, are you a certified school? And I said, no. She says, did you know that if you teach anyone anything in this state, that can be used as a profession or in an existing profession, you need to be certified by the state. I said, I was unaware of that. How do I get a hold of the state to find out if that applies? I thought, it's not going to apply to me, right? I'm a spiritual practice, right? Well, <laughs> it did apply to me. And so I had to, it was amazing, the reams of paperwork and the the proof that I had to give that I had the qualifications to teach this stuff. It was an amazing process. And the women at the Division of Private Occupational Schools were just angels. They were so kind and helped me through. I mean, there was like these things you fill out. Okay, so what materials do you need for this class? I'm going, let's see. You need a drum, a rattle, some sage. You won't need a cauldron for this one. I finally, one day I was so frustrated. I said, this is like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And one of the ladies at the state, she says, I like to think that we're fitting it with a diamond, you know? And I went, oh, that's so sweet. But it was a lot of work. And it, that's why people don't do it, but it's illegal 
if you do not and you're trying to teach somebody something that they can use as a profession or in an existing profession. And it's not the same on in every state, but that's certainly the way it is in Colorado. So here we are, 15 years later, we have a certified state uh, state certified occupational school. Now, whenever students graduate from your school, are they certified shaman or, or I mean, how, how does that work for the students? Right. Um, no, you can't certify a shaman. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Um, mm-hmm. And that was, that was my resistance to it all along. But they are certified, and the certification says that they have successfully completed the um, um, curriculum, and that curriculum is on file with the state of Colorado. So when are your next classes, and how do people find them, and how do they, uh, how do they log in to, uh, to become students? Well, actually, if they go to um, findyourpathhome.com, and on the front page there on the top left, they can join the mailing list. And I send out mailings all the time that the, the latest class is coming up. I'm getting ready to do some online classes um, so that people internationally can, can uh, enjoy them as well. And I think my next block will be coming up in about six months. But it's always going to be on the website. And if you join the mail list, you'll also get notification of the new classes coming. For those people who can't uh, move to Colorado, uh, do you is the entire class or the entire uh, course available online or do they need to come to Colorado for a period of time? How does that work? Well, right now we're I've I've uh, created in blocks of classes. So they come for a retreat to Colorado and take an intensive and then they have all this homework that they do and they have mentors that do email mentorship with them and that sort of thing. Because it's, it, it's because it's a frequency um, practice, it's difficult to teach the entire thing without being in physical proximity of your students. I, you know, so I don't have the entire thing up on um, uh, online, but I'm trying to get more and more of the classes online so people can take the entry level classes, get their feet wet, decide if they really want to go for the certification. And if they do have those classes apply towards the certification. And we have some of them out there, um, as there is. So again, on the front page, there is a place that says, uh, long distance or correspondence courses. And we have some up there right now. How many, uh, let's see, you've been doing this for 15 years. How many, uh, how many classes do you do one, one class a year for, for a two year certification course or how, how many, how many, what I'm getting at is how many people do you think that you have taught over the last 15 years? Oh boy, I've lost count. I'd have to look that up with the state. <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, when I, when I had my school building in Boulder, I was running two classes through at once. So in other words, there was a first uh, uh, level one and level two. In other words, the first year students and the second year students, I was running them both through at the same time. And we had probably 35 people in each, in each one. So that's 70 wow. people. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. That's not how many would necessarily graduate, but um, yeah, we've, we've put quite a few people through the, through the school and they're just lovely human beings. We stay in touch. It's just amazing process to be in together. That is I probably have taught 70 people total in the last uh, four years that I've been teaching uh, Reiki. So that's, uh, that's quite an accomplishment to have that many people running through your school at one time. That's, that's really fascinating. So how can people find your books? Because you've written uh, three or four books. How do people find those? Well, um, they're sold wherever books are sold, you know, in brick and mortar. I always like to send people to brick and mortar bookstores because they're dying if we don't. Uh, but of course, they can get them on um, Amazon.com or, um, you know, on my website, com. You can get them on the, um, the um, Science of Magic Publications. That's T-S-O-M Publications.com. That's the publisher that I use, and you can get them there as well. So what do you see as the future of shamanism? I think that our future as a human race is going to be somewhat dependent upon re-engaging with our natural ability to manage matter at the quantum level. And I think shamanism is the most viable path to do that right now. I think that we would all benefit from being able to do some shamanic practice uh, just for our personal growth and development and empowerment. So I really think it's opening up into what it probably has been 50, 60,000 years ago, 
But it's not just a dogmatic practice. It's an actual viable way of becoming empowered to work with the laws and the power of nature to back your intent. That is invaluable. And we need that right now because we've got so hooked into industrialization and this and that. And we're it's killing us. We can't we can't maintain it anymore. There's too many of us and it's too hard on the planet. But there's other ways. And I think shamanically we can find them. So as as our planet and as our solar system starts moving into this new sector, this new quadrant of the universe and starts taking on these better and higher frequencies, do you see more and more people opening up to shamanism or do you think that the more people that we have out there doing shamanism is just going to be able to allow that to spread on its own? I think both because... Um, you know, like I said, shamanism got dogmatic throughout the last ages because there wasn't enough light available. And so we just started worshiping the practice and the rituals. As we move more and more and more into the light, we realize that the rituals are simply the vehicle in order to empower ourselves to work with these higher frequencies that are available and manifest on our own versus be subject to a system in order to do so. So I think that it's going to evolve back into its uh, original design, um, more of a galactic practice than just the earth-based one. And I think that we will evolve with it. And look at the people around you. Look at these young kids coming in. They're coming in with the lights on. And so they're just natural born shaman. You know, we won't need the dogmatic practice as much when we come in with more light available anyway. That's interesting because a lot of people, whenever they think of the word shaman, they think of some indigenous person with, you know, uh, really uh, wilderness clothing on and a bone in the nose and doing all these really ancient type, uh, you know, practices in order to, you know, do some kind of a deep meditative spiritual work. But it's really not that way, is it? No, I've I've practiced it so much that I can drop in and out of the trance state with a thought and a breath. Um, so I can access this information at all times. I'm very mindful to be sure I'm interpreting it properly. But you know, if if you're if you're going into a site where there's a ghost, you just change your frequency so you can align with the frequency of the disembodied spirit, and you see them. If you don't change your frequency, you're not going to see them. And I think more and more and more of us will have more frequency mobility, and therefore reality is going to expand. That's exactly how I approach my work, especially whenever I'm working with ghosts or other spirits or spirit guides is changing frequency in order to meet them where they are. Guelda, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you with us this hour. And I really hope that we can have you back again and talk more about this topic. This is just uh, some fascinating work. Well, Joe, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Folks, you have been listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. And I am your host, Joe Wegent. Please visit us again as we talk about more things out there beyond our world. Thank you much, folks. <laughs>